1: And welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof. Today's episode is a continuation of a conversation that I'm having with Miss Jackie Tepzinski, who is a colleague of mine at SUNY Brockport. And I'm um, right now I'm at SUNY Portland. So it's really neat that we are both in health education programs. We're helping future teachers become just these really skilled people to teach skill-based health education, yet I also noticed the link of how parents and other caregivers can use what potentially would be done in the K-12 setting, you can use that in your home. So the last time that Jackie was here, we talked about the basics of planning and goal setting. This episode is going to focus on some more concrete examples of how we can do this planning and goal setting with our young people or within our own lives. So thank you so much for being here again, Jackie.
2: Yes, thank you for having me again, and welcome back, everyone. Would um, you remind us some of your background? Um, so I am a former K-12 teacher for 16 years. Um, I came to higher ed five years ago. Um, my A little bit about um, my journey was that when I was an undergrad, I really didn't believe that content-based teaching worked and changed behaviors to affect change in people's health. Uh, I went to a content class for Alcohol, Drugs, and Society, and the person there introduced us to Life Skills um, by Botvin. And that clicked with me. I was like, wow, that's it. That's what needs to happen in order for students to be able to advocate for themselves. And from there, I was also asked to work on the New York State Guidance Document for Health Education. And I spent three years working on that with a group of amazing people from across the state. And uh, one of the outcomes out of that was we wrote, uh, also wrote exemplary uh, unit plans using the guidance document as examples. So um, that's a little bit about me. I'm excited to be at higher ed and helping teachers to see how skills-based health education happens in classrooms.
1: And I have to say, I didn't say this in the last episode, but I'm so excited that you're you were one of the key people for the New York State Guidance document because I love that as a tool. I think it's so great. I think New York was so proactive. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to hearing in the future how we can go back to that in the state of New York.
2: That's great.
1: So, as I said to our audience right now, what we're going to be doing is we're going to we're going to go into more concrete ways that we can talk about planning and goal setting with young people. Yet, do you mind just reviewing quickly, if you're able to, what that planning versus goal setting is, Jackie?
2: All right. So I'm going to go in and start with uh, the acronym SMART Goals. So SMART Goals are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, relevant, and time-oriented. So those are the elements that we would expect to see in someone's goal, who is writing it and what they wanna attain. Um, The planning part is the part a lot of people don't think about. It's really, what do I need to be able to make this goal happen? So, um, and it it really goes into thinking with students, uh, what are the supports they need? And a lot of us go supports, oh, my mom's gonna help me and my best friend. Now, what's mom going to actually do for you? How is she going to support you in this goal? How is she going to help get you there? How's your best friend going to help you get there? Um, The rewards are um, what's meaningful to the student? Why are they doing this? Specifically, looking at both intrinsic and extrinsic rewards that are important to them. We know that intrinsic rewards are much more highly motivating than External rewards or the extrinsic rewards. They then have to look at the barriers. Um, They have to look at the influences, both positive and negative, on their behavior. So, who are those people? What are the events? What are the things that are barriers um, to their success in their goal? And then they have to think through how can I overcome that um, barrier? What are some things I can do that um, really help? mean to be able to not kind of cave when um, these barriers come up? Uh, And then what are the resources? So what are the resources within my community? Um, Who are the people that maybe aren't my mom, aren't my best friend, but people who are knowledgeable within our communities? Maybe it's their doctor. Maybe it's a counselor. Maybe it's um, uh, uh, quitting smoking program. So what's in our community that is going to help to support and be a resource in a different way for our students? And that's really it for planning and goal setting.
1: (laughs) Thank you for going over both planning and goal setting. And you reminded me that one thing I used to do at the high school setting with young people is like to do some value clarification. Mm -hmm. And I had them create a mission statement for themselves. Like, who are they? Because to me, part of that planning and then formulating goals is, you know, like, who do, who am I now? And who do I choose to be? Yes. Yes. And sometimes who I am now and who I choose to be doesn't always align to what people at home maybe want them to do. Because I know I I recognize like in high school, not everyone's going to go to college. Mm-hmm. Yet some families are like, "My child has to. yet not everybody has that desire. Not everybody has the skill set. You know, and that's okay. You know, like trades are so important, and we need people in the trades or just like that exploration of who they are if they choose to go to college later in life. So wow. even though I know that's my podcast really focuses right now on the preteens, yet, like what recommendations do you have for families? about even ensuring that young people plan and then create these goals that are really true to the young person themselves?
2: Um, So there's, I mean, there's a variety of ways you can do this and really what your student needs the most is the support to be able to attain that goal. Um, But the other part is to let them guide what they want and what they want to do. Because if they're the driver, they're going to more likely attain that goal than if they're the passenger in the seat of the car going, oh, I have to do this. So um, really, as students are making goals, also make sure you're not the influencer of their goal, that they're truly putting forth what they want and what they want to attain. Um, so that's a key element, and that it's realistic
1: for them that they can do this. I love how you said that, because I know that we care for our young people, yet our young people aren't many needs.
2: Correct. And and I can use a, a really great example. My husband and I played sports our whole lives. So what do you think? My kids should be playing sports. You think your kids are going to play sports? <laughs> No, one out of four kids, sports. <laughs> you know, last time, dislike sports immensely. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was, you know, those are things where I go, okay, I have this vision of what my child's life is going to be, but my child may have a different vision of what that life may look like. Um, and it's about us supporting them to get to that vision that they want to get to.
1: You reminded me when I was growing up, I was nicknamed the squirrel at my house sometimes because I just love to read. I I would get like during the summer, I'd participate in the library program. And that actually helped me with writing. I wrote the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, as well as a book for health teachers about tools for teaching comprehensive human sexuality with Dom Splendorio. So I just reading actually helps you write. And that's what we want to do. We want to support children's interests for sure. Yes. Now, do you have some concrete examples that can help an adult listening in either plan and/or goal set with a child? Yes.
2: So there's uh, there's a lot of different things, and most parents and most people think about puberty as being just the physical changes that are happening to my body.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, There are a lot of emotional, hormonal, and social changes that happen during puberty and so one of the things that i would say is the goals should surround those three areas they should um really be about what's happening with my physical self and how i'm going to manage that but also what's happening with my emotional self and how am i going to what am i going to what are my goals around that and then what is my social um how yeah, social change is so fast when students go through puberty and students don't know how to navigate that necessarily. So really having those conversations and helping them set goals around those three areas so that they can better manage the situations that come up um, over time. It, it's really a forward thinking, like, okay, I know, you know, um, my hormones are spiking through puberty and that I might as male, have more um, aggressive behaviors than I've had in the past or perceive it as that. Um, so what am I going to do about to be able to h- deal with that when I'm feeling that way? What are the things I can do to manage it and set some goals around it and have some supporters and, re- and rewards for making it through? Um, some of those tougher things. So uh, how do we nurture that um, that goal setting for all areas?
1: One thing I've noted, and my college students have admitted to me, that one of their challenges growing up was being exposed to more things when they're at social events. Because as Mm -hmm. you said, that is something, you know, as a child, Goes from those preteen to teen years, their peers become more of an influence. But it can be a healthy influence. It can be more of an unhealthy. Uh, Certainly, they can join a new club, and that's a great way to connect with people of your interest. Like if you're into dungeons and dragons, that which I still believe exists out there. If you're into writing and you can be on the newspaper. Yet, when we look at the social events, maybe on the weekends or summer vacation or something, where there's substances that come in. So I know that I've. And risk
2: behaviors, can I just say that? Like there's going to be potentially risk behaviors when they go into those social settings. So how do mm -hmm. they navigate that? How do they have a plan in place to deal with that and to have maybe even a backup plan? Yeah.
1: In which using a code phrase for calling up a parent or other caregiver, or even having those refusal skills kind of planned ahead of time. And I even printed it out for my college folks, because they were asking for, you know, what are some refusal skills? And there's one that I love, which is like the changing the subject, because it's a tricky one, you know, say no, and then change the subject. And if they keep on going back to what somebody wants you to do, you know, somebody that's pressuring you, then you have to somehow leave the situation if you're not feeling comfortable. Um, You have to have a plan ahead of time for sure in those events.
2: Yeah, um, so students can even do like mini contracts with family members. Um, That was one activity I had students do with their parents um, or a family member they felt comfortable with that if they were somewhere and they needed help, um, that person would come You'd send the code, the person would come with and would not talk about it. They let the student have time to process what happened. The parent could talk calmly about the event, and the parent and child signed that contract together. And then they would talk about it and come up with some planning uh, models so that they could um, deal with that situation in the future, maybe predict that it was going to happen. So um, that's another great way to bring in planning and goal setting again is it's it's happening in those conversations, planning and goal setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people think of it as this very solid, this is it, I'm doing this, there's no changes. If I don't do it, I fail. And I go, no, that's not the way it works. Um, the conversation that I would have with students in my classroom was uh, – You know, if there was a local sporting's event, um, so like the Super Bowl, I would say, did did the team win by doing the same play every time? And they would go, no. Mm -hmm. And I said, what did they do then? Well, they kept changing it, kept refining it. They would do it a different way each time, and I would be like, exactly. I said, so their goal was to win the game, but the parts move and Mm -hmm. change over time based on what you're learning about yourself, about others, and that's where um, having those conversations after a social event if something did not go well with your child um, is a great opportunity for planning and goal-setting.
1: I have the recommendation for caregivers that if you're looking to figure out how to do planning and goal-setting, how to teach that through your child or, or other person in your life, uh, how to do that is just go back to the basics of like, when we talk to somebody that's going to have a menstrual cycle, like we know it's going to happen at one point in which, how can we prepare our young person to have a plan in place? Because I, I know when I've taught, uh, have any kind of puberty discussion with people about the menstrual cycle, there's the concern of say, if I get it next week and say, if I'm at a sleepover, I'm wearing white pants, I'm swimming. So we have to put things in place like a little uh, menstrual pack or something with pads, another pair of underwear, maybe some like shorts or something like that. So it's and we don't know exactly when it's going to happen. So we can have that in a knapsack. We can have that in a sleepover bag. Maybe when we go on vacation, it's just a reminder to have it in a suitcase. But that's kind of like a simple way of looking at it for it some of those more complicated examples would you agree
2: yes i i would agree and the same is for males the same is for males who are going to have their nocturnal emissions that are going to mm-hmm. have um you know uh um, spontaneous erections and not really know why that's happening how do how do they handle that how do they mm-hmm. have a plan in place how do they um yeah. take care of it um In a way, you know what I'm saying? In a way that Mm -hmm. is, they feel comfortable with. So it's also uh, really important for students to be able to say, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very much putting them in the driver's seat then of their own health and their own puberty and what's going to happen to their own body. So that's important.
1: So it's like thinking ahead, Mm -hmm. which I do find it interesting that it's a skill, it's a practice, that's a habit to think ahead. Because if we look at like what potentially will happen during those preteen years, you mentioned the physical, you know, I know podcast was, this podcast originally was created to go over a lot of those physical changes. But we also know that there's these thinking, this mental changes that go on and the brain continues to develop. Uh, we have these emotional changes that go on, the mm-hmm. social changes, the value or the spiritual changes. There's, there's so much to yes. go on yes. to plan ahead. Because you made me think, too, that if I know there's a time of year when there's more testing at schools to -hmm. plan ahead and to go, okay, emotionally, how can I plan with my family for the young people to succeed with those Mm -hmm. tests? Mm -hmm. Maybe on the weekends before, we do have more downtime, that Mm -hmm. everything isn't all structured. Or maybe we go out more in nature and we do a hike because we know being out in the environment actually has a a positive influence on us. So trying to plan ahead, because I know I haven't done it in fifth and sixth grade, but I did this with the the seventh, eighth and on, I would Mm -hmm. even have them look at short-term goals for those areas of health. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know sometimes we gravitate right to, well, we can eat better, but goals are about more than just nutrition, that kind of things.
2: It, it, it applies to every part of our life. Goals yes. can apply to every part of our life. Um, and it it really is about, like you said, that empowering students to look at what am I going to do when testing is coming up and I'm really stressed or um, I have this huge party that I got invited to um, with friends. How do I handle that situation? Um, you know, how? What if something is there that maybe I shouldn't stay? What am I going to do? What are What are my plans? How am I going to um, navigate that social piece?
1: Well, before we end today, is there anything else you wanted to share with us about planning and goal setting, Jackie? Um.
2: Really. I used to do this activity with my students in class because students struggle sometimes thinking through what planning and goal setting is. So we would go through an activity in which I had a little waste basket in the front of the classroom, and I'd ask for some volunteers. I'd have uh, two volunteers come up, and students would actually help me write the goal for that student. Okay, well we wanted him to make a basket with—it's just my waste basket—and a wadded up piece of paper but you know what's the realistic thing how how's it realistic to to make that goal how many t- chances do they get at it how are they going to achieve it um what kind of risk method are they going to use to make the basket and then students would actually try and do that and then I would be the main teacher and come over and put a book over the basket and I would say okay you're the supporter over here this person has a big barrier in the way of being able to make this basket. Um, and the visualization of that, and this I would tell the students they could only move they, the book, still had to touch the top of the waste basket. So they could move it in any way they wanted, but still had to touch. Um, and it was really a visual representation of walking through how to make a goal, but also how to really start to plan for the things that are going to get in the way. And it was very visual um, and physical. And then we would start to goal set together post that. And it really helps students to understand the inner working parts of how to create a good goal, um, an effective goal, and how to start to look at the planning methods so that they can be successful. So that's just one thing, you know. If you ever want to try it with your kids or in your classroom, it's a Mm -hmm. lot of fun to do a think aloud because it really gets students thinking about the concept that you're talking about in a completely different way.
1: It's so funny that you say that because you reminded me of an activity I would do in the K through 12 setting, where -hmm. I would have a a hoop, and I would have it attached somehow to the ceiling uh, and there would be a variety of objects, and I would say to the students, You have to reach this goal as a class. Mm-hmm. And it would be set up in which they wouldn't succeed. Yeah. And they'd be like, We can. And I'd say, Okay, if you're able to do this as a collective, this will be your reward. Mm-hmm. And it was just to put on the table that sometimes we try to go for this huge thing like, okay, I want to do a marathon at Disney World because all the characters are out. Yet before you go for that marathon or that half marathon, you have to have steps, you have to plan. And it was through that activity that I was like, okay, so what do you think will increase your success? Well, we have to do this. Okay. So, and we would break down that planning part. And sometimes it was like, well, how about if we reach this goal first, this mini goal? Oh, that's part of planning. So you're, And because it was that physical part of actually doing something increased their success. And I remember one class in particular that they just needed one more person to get one thing through the hoop. Mm -hmm. And the person that did it, you wouldn't have expected it overall because they were more quiet and they weren't so athletic. When they got the object through the the hoop, Mm -hmm. the whole entire class, went. it was so exciting.
2: And that's that ex- intrinsic reward that people get excited, they clap for you, you're happy because they're, they are cheering you on. And that is that's kind of the key to to the planning and goal setting is really those rewards outweigh anything else that got you to get you there.
1: Well, I thank you again for being here for a second episode, Jackie. And would you please remind us of how we can get in touch with you?
2: Sure. So you can get a hold of me via email at j my first uh, initial, and then Dipsinski, my full last name at Brockport.edu. The phone number is 585-395-5158. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and a bunch of other places and LinkedIn if you want
1: to look those up as well. Wonderful. And I'll put that information in today's description so people can easily find it if they choose to. So I thank you so much for being here, Jackie. Would you like to say goodbye to our audience?
2: Yes. Thank you, everyone, for having me today. And thank you, Lori, um, for um, this opportunity.
1: Again, I thank you for your wisdom and it's so excited to talk with another person who's excited about skill development and teaching it to young people, because we know with healthy life skills, they're going to have healthier behaviors and healthy lives, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So thank you so much. And for our listeners, thanks for listening in. If you'd like to connect with me, feel free free to go to pubertyprof at gmail.com and write me an email or to my website, pubertyprof.com. That's where you can go to send an email to pubertyprof at gmail. And again, I thank you for listening in. I hope you have a happy and healthy day.
0: Thank you for listening to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow The Puberty Prof on Twitter or Instagram. The Puberty Prof, Lori Reichel, wants to hear from you. Go to pubertyprof.com or click on the link in this episode's description. There you can find more information, as well as ask questions to be answered by The Puberty Prof in a future episode. That's pubertyprof.com. Also, remember to check out the Talk Puberty app and the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. Until next time, this is the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics.